This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. And we are your DJs for this conversation. Welcome back to uh, another episode of Mission Disco podcast. Uh, great to have you listening. I think there's a few people out there uh, listening along. Uh, this podcast is really a, a place to hear stories and talk about mission uh, across this island uh, throughout Ireland. We've had lots of different people on over the past year and a half, two years, interviewing people about what they're doing uh, and where they are, what they're learning about God, what they're learning about mission in Ireland. And um, so great to have you um, part of this. Uh, Brian, who was intro, he was in the intro there, uh, is no longer in Ireland, but he will appear randomly on the podcast over the year, hopefully. But this morning or today, I have um, Ross on. Ross Hill is going to help uh, present. Um, so, Ross, it's good to have you. Very welcome. Thanks, Simon. Good to be here and be your co-pilot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if Ross, that's what this role is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think in the intro, it's it's uh, it says we're your DJs for the conversation. Okay, even better. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Ross, maybe would you tell us a little bit about yourself, just for people who maybe don't know you? Sure. Yeah, I'm Ross, uh, married to Lucy. We live in Dublin. We have three girls, um, ranging from five to 12. So at the moment, we are um, all at home trying to um, be reasonably company to each other, doing homeschooling and things like that. It's fun, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, it's, you, you really learn that each hour is different, like not even just each day, <laughs> depending on uh, where we're all at, all five of us in, in the house at the same time. So yeah, we're getting used to that and um, just counting down the days to school reopens again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's good. It's good fun. I wear a number of hats. Um, I lead one of the 24-7 prayer communities. So 24-7 prayer, prayer mission, justice, global prayer movement. Um, and uh, myself and Lucy, we lead one of the communities here in Dublin. And we're connected in with Praxis as well. So I'm also involved in a number of things with Praxis. Um, and um, I wear another hat as well. I run a business that sells art materials. So that keeps me occupied Is as well. Is that order, week. Ross, of importance, those, those three roles? It's the job for last. Yeah, well, that's officially the order. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have you, Ross. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we, Thanks, we have, we have uh, two others on uh, with us. And I think this, Ross and I had a conversation after the practice gathering back in November where we had a panel on talking about what the future in Ireland uh, looked like and where it might go. And Ross um, hosted that. And uh, questions, I suppose, throughout um, that conference, uh, people were saying, we'd love to hear more. And, you know, it didn't go on long enough and love to hear, have more of a discussion on that about the future of the church. So we thought we'd get um, Alan. We have Alan Emerson uh, back on. He was part of the, the panel back in November. We also have Anne-Marie Kerr. Anne-Marie uh, is church planter, pastor with Liffey Valley Vineyard in Dublin, and also does training and coaching with Innovista. And we have Alan Emerson on as well, who is lead pastor uh, with Emmanuel in Lurgan and in Portadown. And he's also the national director of 24-7 Prayer Ireland. So it's great to have the two of you on. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We're looking forward to hearing your wisdom, uh, wise counsel uh, on this. Uh, maybe just starting off, maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are and kind of how you're finding this time. Um, I know it's difficult. You're both uh, leading churches, leading communities, navigating this. Maybe a bit about who you are, where you are, and how you're finding this time. Amory, maybe start with you, if that's okay. 
Yeah, sure. Um, so we're a sort of church planting, but for a long time out in the west of Dublin. Um, so we're a small community and we've been adapting as everybody has been to this time. Um, personally, I've spent this time just, um, let me see. It's actually, it's one of those times where you feel you're in the right place at the right time. Just, you know, mm. um, God has kind of put you in a position and um, you're you're meeting new people. Like I've met so many new people over this year, which is ironic. Um, and yeah, just it's, they're interesting days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are interesting. Lots of new things to learn and people to meet. All yeah. right. Are you finding it tiring at this stage now that we're into? Yeah. So now we've been, I've been talking about this to Ross. Um, I think come the end of January. So we, we basically we had a year of adapting and thinking and doing lots of creative thinking. And I think personally, I hit the end of January and thought, I haven't lost kind of the motivation and the hope and all of that. But when I'm sort of going to think creatively or trying to dig deep, there's less there than there was before. So there's a tiredness there. And I've been kind of, um, I suppose, just talking to God about that. So there's a sense that there's a lot of new things that we have to do in the times ahead. And I've just been chatting to him going, I don't know if I have the energy for this. Um, but just feeling, uh, I suppose that's where we need to get to, that we need to get to the end of ourselves and really start relying on God and really following his direction, especially in the coming seasons. So. Yeah, the real challenge just was a comfort yeah. as well to know that God has us there. But yeah, I definitely you see that a lot in people just getting to the point of just being able to just about do what they're doing. But the constant reinvention is is tiring. And when you think creatively again, it is it is tiring, especially doing it by yourselves, I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Alan, you're, maybe tell us a little bit about where you're at and maybe how you're finding this season. Yeah, so I, I'm um, based up in um, uh, County Armagh, just uh, sort of in between Lurgan and Portadown. Um, so the, the, the church that I've been part of, you know, pretty much from its conception is called Emmanuel Lurgan. Um, and um, about uh, just over three years ago, we planted into Portadown. Um, and so I found myself in, in between kind of those churches most days um, al alongside just a number of other churches that um, have connected in with us and, uh, you know, sought some kind of family input, you know, for, for, from us. And we call that sort of network of churches to, to bar, which is the, the Irish word for spring and, and well, and, and um, just gives that a little bit of an identity indigenously, you know, but also connected to our communities that Ross referred to in 24-7, um, the kind of 24-7 global family. So um, so I've, it's been an interesting time just with our own local expression of church and um, with many of the other churches that we're trying to just help and stand beside and partner with. I think it's been interesting, you know, it's how in one way we've become more um, united through this time. And yet, uh, in another way, we, we, we've become more distinct, if you like, in terms of our expressions and shapes, because I think we've had to all think quite creatively uh, in a local context of what actually works best, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, for our own, for our own, um, for our own contexts. So um, <clears throat> I found that really interesting. And, you know, 
you know, as Amory kind of referenced there, I find it, you know, exciting. I've, I've, it, it's, it's, it, you know, in one way I feel, you know, you feel maybe it's a personality thing or a Enneagram thing or something. I'm not sure, but in one way I feel like, you know, sort of born, born to lead or born for this kind of moment to, 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 to think creatively, to step in, to, you know, you know, listen to God for solutions, all that kind of stuff. And, and then in another way, I, I feel, I feel the, the 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 deficit really of just sitting around a board table with a cup of coffee or not even a board table. I mean, just a table <laughs> with with like people who you can like you know just. It's been great to to have the gift of technology in that way, but I, I think you know at a personal level, I've oscillated between enjoying enjoying my own space, enjoying a bit more time just to to read and you know enjoying not having to be out in the evenings as much as I would have been church life and stuff and I, I enjoy that I've, I've learned that I, I like my own company to an extent um but I've all but then I also find myself just oh I just particularly the people that you're closest to and the people that you partner with and the people that you work with and it, you know it's just like can we just sit around the table <laughs> and thrash this out and have a whiteboard or an, a cup of coffee and I just I, I miss that I think that's what I find I miss the most kind of doing the stuff every day with the people that you, you love and you do it with most days normally yeah I think those connections and the laughter and the chats before meetings are real miss but yeah I'm like you I don't miss uh, going out in the evenings and having to go back <laughs> out to something and travel to somewhere technology is mm-hmm. great for that interesting point there you raise about the uh, leading and you've been born for this time. I think we have seen maybe a different type of leader emerge or a different uh, gifting or a different part of the church emerge during this time, which has been an interesting one. I'd be an interesting one to follow up on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 really interesting. I, I can relate to what you both say. I think I think I said to you, Amory, the other day, it's like it's a little bit like when you put your foot on the accelerator and you expect to kind of jump forward and suddenly there's there's nothing there in, in the sense of like where has some of those things that have resourced us gone? And um and it's just um learning to be mindful that we are all being affected by this pandemic in different ways, aren't we? You know. Um, one of the things we spoke about at the panel um, at the Praxis Gathering last March was just beginning to think about the future of the church. And as we as we're still in the pandemic, but as we look to the new horizon as such, um, you know, I think Andy Crouch said this is not just a small interruption. This is a disruption of everything that we know from where we go shopping to schooling at home to workplace all those things and of course it affected the church just love to hear your thoughts on you know the trends that you see emerging the things that we might need to leave behind um as we move forward as we've gone through this disruptive phase um your thoughts on the you know the shape of the church the things that maybe we need to leave behind and things like that Marie, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, so the shape of the church, just a small question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think, I, well, I was saying before, I, I think you can't live through a time like this and expect the church to be the same. I don't think anything can actually be the same, you know. Mm. Um, I think if we look at the what's been happening during this time where like as individuals we've been sort of 
facing back towards Jesus, turning back towards God. Um, as churches, we've been looking at who are we? Who are we as the people of God? And looking at what does that mean? What does it mean to be family? And then looking at what does it mean to, you know, what's our, our vision, our mission? Where are we connecting with the world around us and with the community around us? And um, I, I really think these things are, it's, it's like the pattern we see in the Old Testament where, you know, the Israelites over and over again are going into exile or oppressed or wandering around in the wilderness. And those same kind of things happen where we turn back to Jesus, we get to know who we are as the people of God, and we get kind of focused on our mission. And I think that during this time, I think that's what will be happening. Like our visions will be clarified. Who we are is being clarified. and. Um, like maybe for for some people, it's old visions, old dreams that are getting sort of refreshed or people are being reminded of them. But there's also new visions emerging. There's new leaders emerging. And I think we'll see not just a small change. I think we'll actually see like I, people are using the word pivot, but it's like we're going in one direction and we're almost standing on the same point but pivoting around and looking a different direction so we may not see a massive reshaping say in september 21 or january 22 but the further we go after we've pivoted the further we go down that path i think the church is going to radically change yeah in the yeah that's, that's i think it's a longer, really interesting. longer picture than we are, or we're even imagining now yeah, and, and I, I like that sense of recapturing the the core or the the heart of of why we do all the stuff that we do. Um, yeah. That's that's really helpful. Is there anything that you want to speak a little bit more into that in terms of what you have sort of landed on, kind of the the core vision bit that's become clearer for you, and bits that maybe that you didn't need going into the future? Yeah, I think Ross. When I look back, I I think. Um, I was already mooching in my head thinking, what does church look like before the pandemic uh, was happening and sort of looking at our own church and thinking, what shape should we be to be part of Irish culture and to bring the kingdom of God to Irish culture? And looking at it, um, and, and it's kind of confirmed through this time, looking at it, I'm thinking, maybe we're supposed to be a different shape, you know, like so much has happened in our culture where people have responded, you know, right across the board. They've volunteered, they're helping their neighbours. And it's like as a nation, we've been reminded what we really value. And that's like family and community and small community. Um, so uh, I suppose it's it's not really fully formed, but I kind of feel there's there's a bigger place for smaller communities on mission. Um, whereas not just a big, you know, it, big church is great and having one vision, but there's like smaller communities connecting with their local communities, whether that's like your neighbours, your workplace, whatever, but actually making a real difference there. Um, and for me, that kind of connection has become a little bit more raw or real or something in the last while. It's you're looking at it thinking there's. It's like just in the everydayness of life, seeing the kingdom of God. And that's what we've been talking about for years, but I think we're, we're seeing it. 
That's really good, Emery. Yeah, and I nearly get the impression that it's nearly validated as maybe not quite the right word, but it's now because we've been forced into that 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 that's the way the posture that we have to work in. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. Same to you, Al. Some of your thoughts on kind of shaping of the church looking through this situation we're in yeah i concur with so much of what Amory said i think you know in, in, in that initial uh, lockdown last year and, and con- continuing right through i think there was a lot of you know personal sort of sense of um for, for us as leaders within the church anyway um there was that sense of when, when we can't function in the way that we normally did and the things that we did week by week, you know, you become aware if you, if you do the work of self-reflection of, you know, just the, the, the sort of false identities that can um, t- take over your heart a little bit and things that you didn't even really necessarily know, know where they are, you know, I think allowing the spirit of, of God to do that work of, you know, of, of, of repentance of, of sorry when we've made it anything other than you jesus kind of prayer and um you know i know i certainly felt like there was a bit of purging going on um not in a condemning way or anything just in an invitation from the lord um kind of way from from this period so 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 i think there was that and then as you, as you scale that up i suppose to our to our churches you know i think part of your question was what 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 needs to be left behind and i think in the in the redemptive purposes of 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 God, you know, through this awful pandemic of which you know so many people are suffering a great deal from, you know, I think one of the things that God is 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 using this time to to, to redeem is is to help us kind of you know go back go back all the way to a phrase I think it was of Mark Sayers's, you know, to to to, to break down our platforms and, and build our prayer rooms, you know, and I think that there definitely has been an opportunity to leave behind the the kind of cult of celebrity that has really kind of infected, unfortunately, the church in the West and um and even the sort of the the kind of idol of the building. Um you know, I think has been exposed, and I think those are those are great things that we can potentially leave behind, or great opportunities to leave some stuff behind that has become so central. I, I think, as Anne Marie said there too, I'm I'm careful that we don't. I think in this in this kind of age, it's so easy. You know, I get I get the it's so easy to slip into like real kind of lazy dualisms and sort of false dichotomies, and I think. Um, so you know, people want to choose. Oh, it's not. It's not the the, the, the big gathered church has now been exposed. You know, it's no longer, and it just, it, it just feels like you know quite an immature kind of response in some ways. I think there is a, a much more thoughtful, mature conversation that needs to happen because when we look at the New Testament, we see such a breadth of of ecclesiology. You know, we see, you know. We, we, you know, we realize that Antioch didn't really follow Jerusalem and Ephesus didn't really fully follow Antioch and Corinth was somewhere in between them and Rome was different. You know, it was, but it was united around a common gospel, you know, and it was united around a kind of consistent framework of discipleship, which was walking in the ways of Jesus. Yeah, but the expressions and shapes, you know, were were, were different. And I, I, and I feel that's part of the incredible opportunity that is before us um, at the moment, you know, the um, new, fresh shapes and expressions of church, I think, are um, are, are opening up to us that I think um, 
as, as Anne-Marie was alluding to there, are, are much more connected in an indigenous way to the to the land and to our communities and um in that regard i think can be can be much more effective but it, but i think what what we've been allowed to do to almost begin this kind of a conversation has been to, to come it, it sounds basic but i think it's really really important because we're not just dealing with um the coronavirus here we're not we're dealing with like multiple crises around the world at the moment on top of that you know and i think just coming back to the foundation you know so i think in first corinthians 3 i think it says you know about the you know that be careful what you're building on and how you're building because it will be revealed by fire and and then says this little line you know and and what will be revealed is the quality of each person's work that little phrase has really caught me at the minute what has really you know has our work been real spiritual quality um because if we're not if we're building on anything else other than or outside of Jesus, then it's it's not quality. It's being and it's being exposed. I think at the moment, and um, and so that that verse talks about you know I Paul was obviously a master builder, and and part of the the, the role of leaders is to build around the cornerstone that is that is that is Jesus, and and and. I think that matters more than it's possibly ever mattered in our lifetime because without sounding like a raging fundamentalist here, there are false gospels, you know, being, you know, being propagated around the world today. And, uh, you know, sometimes they don't look that false, but, you know, because of a number of scriptures around them that, you know, can, can kind of, you know, um, sort of prop up a particular, a particular form of that gospel. But I, I just think, you know, you know, and I'm 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 not I'm I'm starting by looking at my own heart and all of that, but I do think you know we need to come back to you know the kind of vision is Jesus sort of thing and build out of that place again. And so in our own church during last autumn, we basically taught the commands of Jesus. You know, repentance, baptism, being filled with the Holy Spirit, communion, forgiveness. You know, love the love command, and um, it was just—it was just amazing to be able to do that and um, to come around those kind of really fundamental and formational parts of who we are. And I think if we if we build from there, then I think the conversations that are in front of us could be really exciting. Yeah, thanks, Alan. I think, yeah, that's a reminder of just, uh, and Amory, you mentioned as well that going back to basics and reminding who we are, reminding who's we're following and whose church it is, is really important. Uh, both of you kind of mentioned, I'd be just interested to get your take on kind of leadership and not necessarily your own leadership, but has this time, uh, Alan, you mentioned there about the celebrity kind of uh, role in, in church leadership. Do you think this time has exposed some of that, but also, and more importantly, do you think leadership is going to look different going forward? During the gathering we had last November, um, Alan Hurst spoke on APEST, you know, the, the passage in Ephesians 4, looking at uh, fivefold leadership of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers and the church needing all of those. It seems, and you alluded to it earlier, Alan, when you said that, you know, your time in leading and creativity was was now and you were finding that a time to lead and others um, struggling with it. Is there a time to embrace that team leadership? Does leadership look different now? I'd be interested to hear kind of what, what I do if you think on that. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it will. I, th- I think we are, you know, about to see a, a new kind of, in, in some ways, a new kind of cohort of leadership really, um, you know, come into the fore. When I say a new, I, th- I think, you know, I'd caveat that by saying it's not like 
or they're just going to appear from nowhere. It might seem like that, but I think these have been actually people that have just been leading and been incredibly yeah. faithful and um, just doing it day in, day out and um, have really authentic, probably, expressions and a proven track record in discipleship, you know, and, and being people who actually, you know, just don't lead the organization of church, but are really discipling the people around them and, and trying to do that. So, but, but I do think that is, that is part of what will emerge and you know i'm not the best sort of uh, cultural commentator or, or anything like that but it do it does seem that when you look back at you know other crises in the world um in in history that these do become moments where new forms of leadership do emerge and um and i do think that that will be the case um I, I guess and part of what I think that looks like isn't 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 even that new either. If if we go back to the New Testament, you know, and the metaphors, one of the things that's caught me recently is the metaphors um that Paul um particularly uses. And even if you wanted to kind of like couple that with Jesus' parables, the metaphors that he uses for leadership and for church planting, they're like they're like architect, farmer parent which seemed to me like a kind of far cry from some of the other forms of leadership that we have necessarily been seduced by slightly within the church and the church unfortunately has co-opted you know some other kind of corporate sort of forms of that but you know it seems to me that paul is 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 primarily kind of you know talking out of a of a, of a mother father kind of parental you know, heart, and then, then he's talking about how he can, you know, he's talking about how the church is like a field, you know, how can we create environments where there's going to be growth and life and formation and fruitfulness, you know, and, and then he's talking about architect, how can we shape and order the household of faith, sort of architect in a holy way, um, you know, so I, I just think, you know, those, those are the gifts and graces. And I think those, if you, if you know, not to go, go off on one here, but if, if you wanted to kind of put that alongside some of the fivefold gifts and graces, I think th those are more of the marks, I think, of what true apostolic leading is um, rather than, um, you know, some of the other ways, let's just put it like that, that we've maybe kind of assumed that they were in the past. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amory, have you seen that in kind of your training and coaching and learning communities various different things have you seen yeah. leadership emerge yeah and i like i agree there with alan and the, the the kind of leadership i think we're seeing is people who like you who consider it their role to release and empower others mm. rather than be the the center of attention they're sort of releasing more um and and that's a different posture that's where you're looking mm -hmm. for the success of others um, you're looking for their maturity them coming into the fullness of who god mm -hmm. has created them to be um so i think that kind of leadership will will increase um, mm -hmm. the the other thing i've kind of noticed is um sort of a i don't know if humility is the right word but people just working together um you know, not thinking, oh, I can do this on my own, but banding together and talking about things together and working it out together for their different churches. So not trying to find a common solution, but trying to 
help each other on and spur each other on. So I've really noticed that with uh, with practice. Like I feel like we've travelled this journey as leaders through the year and have been basically looking out for the best for each other for mm. that time. And I, I think we'd love to think that's always been there, but I think there's something different in that. I think that's something that might grow over the, the coming years of being uh, part of the kingdom of God rather than part of different outfits. <laughs> so. That's really good, guys. And I, I just love that image of us taking on a parental farmer type leadership role. And what strikes me is that it's a little bit more, you've got to let control go, don't you? Because <laughs> a farmer, he can do certain things, but he can't form something or shape something. Um, a parent is is very similar. We can create an environment for growth and healthy family, but ultimately we create a space for for God to do stuff. And I'm just struck as well. It's it's more of a patient kind of, you know, slow, steady, staying in the game sort of type of, of leader that that postures themselves as an architect, a farmer or a parent. And um I do I do agree with you, Anne-Marie. I think it's it's going to be the leader who helps facilitate, who helps, who develops their skills at listening and coaching and empowering other people and equipping. You know, I think it's gone. I think when we were in the early days of the pandemic, it, it was it, it it was like, let's do church online. You know, in other words, let's take the front of our church and put it on screen. And um, where it's shifting now to we're going to equip you to help do church where you are in your household in your family, in your neighborhood. And that new sense of uh, church back in the home, back in the household, back in the local community, um, I think is really is really coming to the fore. So kind of on that back and just kind of interested in terms of how how you guys are gathering at the moment, how how you guys are, are doing church practically. Um, and do you see, you know, the digital element being something we carry on to the future is it a hybrid we've talked about all these different models so how are you guys doing church at the moment um just practically al do you want to go first yeah okay um so we have um it's interesting because it's sort of involved in a number of the churches that are connected to us, as I alluded to at the start, they're, they're all quite different in what they're doing. Um, not, none of them really are able to meet in person, obviously, but um, all de- taking slightly different approaches. Um, the, I found the, the, the plant that I referred to in the Portadown is uh, just three years old. I found it a really, really interesting journey because they were... Um, uh, you know, we, we, we actually don't didn't even have the option to go back to a building because the building we were in was only a, a temporary one that really kind of ran out um, uh, as COVID happened. So so we, we did the online thing for a number of weeks and um, um, mm. li- live streamed and stuff like that and did pre-records. And, and, and then when we came into the autumn, I just really felt like the church was at an opportunity to, to try and do more kind of household kind of kind of shapes you know so we we we, we launched into this thing called um we just called home church online and we basically um mobilized about um 12 10 12 of our kind of key kind of mature couples um uh give them i suppose anything between 10 and 15 people each and um and so we found ourselves in this sort of dance if you like a fortnightly rhythm of um 
doing a, a teach, leading people in communion online, doing a teach over Zoom that was kind of more Zoom we- webinar. So it was a little bit more like a, a sort of teach 20, 25 minutes. And then the next week, we then jump into our home churches online, where we basically just pull everyone together on a normal Zoom, do communion with the whole church, and then do a like, short recap, invite the Holy Spirit to come. And then we just release people into their home churches online for about 45 minutes, where they have a text that's connected to what we're looking at. We encourage them to invite the, the Spirit to come, and then just a couple of questions, really. To um to to riff around for forty five minutes and, and pray for one another, and so we found that really 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 helpful and really exciting. Um, manage to manage to um keep most people engaged. I think because of the intimacy of those groups, also the leaders in those groups took on more responsibility, um, in terms of just pastoral keeping in touch and you know everybody now gets a text you know one or two days before sunday saying you know looking forward to seeing you this sunday you know um so it, it just does all feel the church is about you know 100 to 150 so it just felt like the right size to, to do something like this and we've been able to kind of hold people together and it was interesting because back in uh, Back about maybe November time, October time, we we were when when up here in the north we were allowed to gather a little bit, and um, we we couldn't, so we were still online. But we used the the Lurgan building, which is basically our sister church, just to gather in a sort of socially distance appropriate way, just one night for some worship with masks on and stuff. And it was nice to it was nice to be together. But we you know even if we had wanted to meet, we didn't have a building. And it was I was just talking to the Lord during the worship and. I felt like you know at that particular time in my own kind of our own personal family situation we were we we could have done with getting a new house and stuff like that and um um when we when we when we found ourselves there we um I was I was standing having one of those conversations with the Lord and I said just feel really uprooted you know and I felt the Lord said to me no you're not being uprooted you're being repotted and um it it really helped me you know and and I felt like the Lord was saying you know what I've actually provided you is you're not you've been you've been taken out of particular soil bed seed bed but but you're not just like you're you're not just dangling here you know I'm, i've actually created some environments which you've been hearing me speak to you these are the very environments that actually want to plant this uh, you know that want to plant this plant <laughs> into and um with new with new uh seed beds come a new opportunity for growth and so it's not just this nebulous making do getting through phase it's actually a time for new nutrients to grow and it's not necessarily final destination but it is an important significant season where um i'm getting i'm you know i'm I'm getting around the roots of this thing and, and letting it grow so we found that really really helpful and um you know i've found myself even as a leader to use that word pivoting you know like i love to teach i love to preach i love to like communicate the word of god but i found myself you know much more excited these days about you know just training our leaders up getting them released watching the body really operate as living stones and you know, I, I think one of the things that we have to be really careful about at the moment is that I think this time is showing us, you, you know, a bit of a distinction between those who are really committed and those who are nominal. So I, I do think that's happening. But at the same time, I think as leaders, we need to be careful that we don't get to that conclusion really quickly. Because I think what I have realized is, particularly as we've what, what I've just described there and ported down, is some of our environments, we, we've assumed people are nominal. 
because we never had an environment for them to actually participate the way that they needed to in order to grow. And so some people that I thought, particularly some men my, my age who I thought were only coming because their wives were bringing them, now that we've got them into like home churches online and they're not sitting listening to me preach at them for 40 minutes, but I'm actually just, you know, asking their opinion on a particular scripture and watching them pray out loud for the first time and watching them engage with their kids and pray over their kids at night. And, you know, I'm getting texts from them that has a whole other level of engagement. And so I think it's really challenged me about the environments that we create that facilitate growth. And um, and so, yeah, so in that repotting re stage, I think I found that really, really helpful analogy for, for what we're pushing into. Thanks, Alan. That's um, really, really helpful just in terms of your model at the moment and how I think that just last point is so important. How And that's probably some of the stuff that we have to let go, just this one dimensional of how we do church, isn't it? That there are so much other innovative, creative ways that we can be church and do church and and that's okay. And out of doing that, you're seeing people being released and seeing their giftings come out in a whole new way. And I think that's really exciting and something that we can all start to experiment with. And I love your posture of just, I, you know, I heard this phrase, like we need to be brave enough to go through a series of experiments where things may not necessarily work out, but we're going to try them, feedback, learn and move along. And I think that's something that we have been forced into. And um, and I think it's just um, it takes a brave leader to do that. But incredibly seen opportunities come out of that. Amory, how are you guys gathering at the moment and what are you seeing the key learnings that you're picking up? Yeah, well, first of all, I just loved hearing that, Alan, the, the making space and people just kind of flourishing in that space. It's really really encouraging yeah. um we're we're small we're like 15 20 people and so we we could go on to zoom so we were able to keep the kind of connection um so and and we've had people visit who've sort of gone what you've got a great family feel here like all the screens are on there's lots of chat going on and i suppose what we tried to do was create a space where um people were still you know growing and hearing God's word and worshiping together and just trying to do that in different ways. What I noticed most of all is that it, like Alan, it gave space for other people to, to kind of shine. So um, suddenly different people are doing, well, not suddenly, we've been doing it for a while, but, but different people are leading um, teaching, different people are worshipping, different people are praying. We did a, a thing at the beginning, I think we got the idea from B in uh, Urban Junction of um, just little stories from their homes. We can't go visit, we can't sit around your uh, kitchen table and have a cup of coffee, so they did little videos of something, some project that they're doing um, and just that sense of community um, was great. So I think during the time like Gathering like that on Sundays has been great, but the the other things that we've been doing, and it was what I first read your question of, of how are you gathering? How are you inviting people in? I was thinking, um, but straight away, people's focus. So over the last couple of years, we've been trying to focus on having lives of invitation where people are living out their, like being part of the kingdom of God, wherever they are in their life and trying to invite people into that. And so it was just, it was actually really beautiful to see when the pandemic hit, that was still at people's hearts. They were going, how do we reach out? How do we, 
how do we open the door for people to come because people are searching and so we did things like the prayer course we were in the middle of doing alpha and it's it's just been lovely to see different people in the church kind of flourish in those those things and and kind of find their little their spot so thanks Camry. yeah thanks Anne-Marie, yeah, and thanks, uh, thanks, Alan, for that as well. Just to finish up, um, uh, would there be kind of one thing, uh, different people listen to this, so sometimes it's church leaders, sometimes it's uh, people running a mission project, it's various different things, some people full-time, some people not. Is there anything you just say to, to any of those people kind of as an, an encouragement um, uh, just to finish up? I've been thinking just in this latest lockdown in particular, you know, I've felt like actually thinking about the, the thinking about the season of winter has been quite helpful for me because um, in, a, in a couple of different ways, because I think the winter helps you, you know, it's a, it's a metaphor really for how people are feeling at the moment, isn't it? It's like, it helps you empathize with the fact that you know this is really difficult and tough and the days do feel cold and long and lonely for people and as a church you know we want to be positioned to really empathize and and, and have compassion for that and, and not try and triumphalistically walk over the top of that like it's all going to be okay sort of thing you know just uh, in a sort of trite uh, simplistic way but but yet at the same time, you know, if it is winter, it means it's not going to be this season forever. And and I just felt like in 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 January at the start of it, as I was trying just to hear God for a new year, I felt like you know that that sense of just it's 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 winter, but it you know the 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 darkest night has already been. You know, this was just we're just getting into January, and and we are heading towards a, a springtime. You know, we we are people of hope. You know, um and. I guess, but what I what I felt like within that, and just I don't know if it's for somebody who's listening, you know, but what what I felt was in that was winter is still important. It has its own beauty, and it also is important for the ecosystem, you know. And if if winter is short circuited, then spring won't be as good. And uh, and and I felt like there was a, there was again there was an invitation from the Lord just to really lean into His presence. This little phrase came to me, and I'm just. In the, in the make the place of hibernation which often happens in winter and what, what we feel like you know we're all living through even personally make the place of hibernation just a, a place for my habitation you know that that there was a real moment to really lean into his presence and and like the animals in winter to kind of really conserve a divine energy you know uh, for what is ahead because i think we are possibly about to approach a time where people may well be more open to the gospel than they ever have been in our lifetime and so i i feel like you know these are the times to to really lean in personally to the presence of god to have these kind of conversations together to have really meaningful conversations at the at the core of who we are and what we're about so that you know the worst thing that could happen is we get to the end of this pandemic and we're just like all patting ourselves in the back and saying oh it was great we got through i think we need to be ready you know and um you know we we need to be ready we need to be prepared and we need to be people of of, of his of his presence so I, I just think that you know maybe that's an encouragement for somebody you know just this particular time just to, to maximize winter because spring will come and to, to learn what we, we need to learn um so so that we can that we can be ready for what the what, what what's ahead of us or you know i think there's there's a there's potentially you know metaphorically but potentially literally you know there's a there's there's, there's a famine in the land in a sense could could be coming there's a there's a cliff edge that it feels like many people 
that we're getting closer to. There's the potential of an economic disaster. There's ecological problems all over the, you know, <laughs> it's not necessarily in the natural that rosy, you know, and um, I just wonder, is there people like Joseph, you know, that God is just going right supernaturally in, in a moment after it feels like you've been hibernating away in a dungeon there for years, that this is now your moment that, you know, patterns and designs from the Lord that will be a help in the public square, you know, that will be recognized by kings and queens and those in influence, you know, to come to fruition and to bring shape and um, flourishing to the nation. And uh, I, I think, I think you know, that, that's, that's what I feel like the Lord is maybe just been impressing in my heart and hopefully is an encouragement to others. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, it is. Amory, you know, listen to... Uh, mine's very similar. Um, there's, there's a real sense of getting ready to lead in a new way. Mm. Um, and, and my first thing there would be that we should be really intentional about being with Jesus. That we've been, you know, a lot of us are doing new rhythms, new habits of staying close to Jesus. And I think it's a time to pay attention to what God is doing in you and saying to you and to cooperate as fully as you can with him. Um, so that when when we are coming out of this, we're carrying that new framework of that rhythm of just being in God's presence. Um, the other thing I think we should do is make space to think. And I, I mean this literally, I mean, put time in the calendar to think, um, you know, we've 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 adapted. Churches are up and running online and leaders are emerging. So actually, maybe leave a bit of it with them and make space to think um, to see what God is doing and get together with other leaders and talk about it. Imagine it. What what could God be doing? Um, I, I think it's a time for us to fill up our tanks that we've been busy leading, busy adapting. But we know there's more ahead. So I think as leaders, it's it's time to fill up our tanks and mm. yeah, yeah, draw close to him. Um, thank you to the two of you so much. I was really looking forward to this conversation, and I know you didn't know each other before uh, before this, but it's really been a, a great conversation. Really interesting, such wise words, prophetic words as well as as God spoken through you. So thank you so much to the two of you for for sharing and being willing to being open and honest about your own situation and give us some of those um, ideas for the future and those prophetic words. So thank you very much. Really appreciate thank it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or online at praxismovement.ie.